Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 232 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more of you and your ways as we read your word. Help us learn more of you as we read today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 10. Yesterday we read Jesus sent his disciples out to preach the gospel and heal the sick. Today he sends out 70 people to do the same. This time he tells them to offer peace to the household that provides food and a place for them to stay. In verse 5 he said, Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this household. Freedom from all the distresses that result from sin be with this family. Jesus offers us this kind of peace as well. If we receive it, we can have perfect peace, freedom from all the distresses that result from sin. May our hearts be willing to accept and receive his peace today. When the 70 returned, they were filled with joy. And Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. We can rejoice today that we have this same power. We have power over the enemy today and every day. Then Jesus prayed to the Lord. He thanked him for giving understanding about salvation to the uneducated. We see this theme throughout the Bible. God chooses the least likely people to know him and then uses them for his glory. We are blessed to be chosen to know him. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, Samaritans weren't known to be good. We see Jesus break the barriers of law abiders and those who have a good heart. He tells about a priest who wouldn't stop and help the man who was beaten and robbed. A Levite, someone who was in the Levitical tribe chosen by God to serve him, didn't stop and help the man either. But a Samaritan who was considered a heathen to the Jewish people stopped and helped the man took him to an inn to be taken care of and paid for it all. He was the one who had a heart filled with love. Jesus clearly showed that the priest and the pious didn't have love in their hearts, not the kind of love that their law required of them. Lastly, we read about Mary and Martha. Mary was the one who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to every word he said. Verse 40 says Martha was overly occupied and too busy with serving, and she wanted her sister to help. Jesus replied, There is need of only one, or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. May our hearts receive this message today as well. We don't need everything the world is telling us we need. We need to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him. We start Paul's second letter to the Corinthians today. This letter to the Church of Corinth was likely written a few months after the first letter we just finished. The church had continued in a place of strife and false doctrine, so Paul had intentionally stayed away until they repented. He received amazing news from Titus that the church was in a state of revival, and he was thrilled. He shares more about his personal career in this book than in any other book. Well, let's see what he teaches in chapter 1. Paul starts out praying for grace and peace over the people in the church. Verses 2 through 4 are underlined in my Bible because his prayer over them is so great. He talks about God who is the father of sympathy, pity, and mercy, and the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement. He says, God comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress. 
Then he goes on to talk about Jesus suffering for us. We can take comfort in his words today and know that whatever trials we go through, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is our comforter. We also know that our trials will help us serve the Lord as we help someone else. Paul talks about his close encounter with death in Asia and that God was the one to save them. He said this close encounter was to keep them trusting and relying on God instead of themselves. May we put our absolute trust and faith in the Almighty God, the one who fights every battle for us. Let's see what's happening in Job chapter 35. Elihu continues on with his rant. He tells Job his righteousness means nothing to God and his continued complaining against God is sin. In verse 8, he says, Your wickedness touches and affects a man such as you are, and your righteousness is for yourself, one of the human race, but it cannot touch God who is above such influence. And he ends this chapter saying Job has drawn worthless conclusions about how the righteous have no more advantage than the wicked. He also says Job uselessly opens his mouth in multiple words without knowledge. We can see Elihu has very little admiration for Job. In chapter 36, he seems to come to the defense of God, telling the men that the wicked do come to their end and the righteous are rewarded. He also says that God attempts to restore those who have gone astray, but if they don't obey him, then they will die in their lack of understanding. He believes the afflicted are delivered. He tells Job straight out that if he continues to judge the wicked, then he will be judged and will not be free from it. There is some truth in his statement. Even Jesus told us not to judge others. So Job has complained, but it seems his complaining is more because of his lack of understanding about how he has been so destroyed when he wasn't guilty of sins that would normally cause the destruction. Job cannot see the equity in what is happening to him in the good fortune of a wicked man. Elihu goes on to talk about God's magnificence, which I love to read, for God is great. We will see more about what he has to say tomorrow. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 51. This psalm is one of repentance from King David over his sin with Bathsheba. We see David asking for mercy. He asks God to give him wisdom, purify him, and wash him clean as snow. He asks God to hide his face from his sin. Today, we enjoy the gift that Jesus gave us as he died for our sins, so God doesn't see our sins. We are truly blessed. Verse 10 is a popular verse and has been turned into a song. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering and steadfast spirit within me. We must know God is the only one who can renew our hearts and strengthen us in spirit. May we be strengthened today. David asks God to not take his Holy Spirit from him, nor his presence. David more than enjoyed sitting in God's presence, and he did not want that gift to disappear. Lastly, David prays, my sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. May our hearts be broken for our sins, and may we be freely forgiven. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for making a way for us to be totally forgiven by you. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Help us love others as you desire us to. May we keep from judging others and look to how we can improve ourselves instead. Lord, grant us patience as we grow closer to you. Keep us looking to you and not the world, for you are our strength and our high tower. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.